My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning, good afternoon. Um, This is Anna Scott, and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today, I I really... um, I'm walking on a fine line. I've met somebody who her name is Tatiana Sussex and welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you. We've spoken once and I don't know a lot, (laughs) (laughs) but the little I know is when I looked at her website, I had envy. There was such clarity and power in what you write and how you speak and how you showed up in the world. And I thought, whoever you are, I really wanted to know you. And then I wanted to copy your website. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) That's so nice to hear because of course, the reality is always different, right? Like I get in there, no, I have to change this and I have to change that and I need a new format. And so uh, it's always fun to hear. Copy away. Well, I don't, I don't know the words, but the format, but anyway, so, so welcome. So I was um, introduced to you by a mutual acquaintance of ours, Stephanie, who I did a podcast with, and she said, oh, you need to meet um, Tatiana. And I, I, you're in the three principal worlds, but you're also a creative, creative writer. And you're up to helping people fall in love with the work where they are. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, um, you know, my most of my professional life, a lot of it has been as a writer, editor, writing mentor, teacher, coach. And then around the, what do we call it? The, not the great resignation, the great recession. In 2007 or eight, I, um, I got my coach training certificate. And I just liked the idea of what I loved about being a writing coach or actually just even an editor at a magazine, you know, I, or when I worked at tech companies, I often was getting people to write because we needed writers who weren't writers. And I just loved pulling out of people what they didn't know was there, you know, watching that surprise of like, whoa, I didn't know I could do that. (laughs) And I like dispelling people's ideas and myths in themselves. Oh, I can't write, or I'm not creative. How do you know? I mean, how could you not be creative? You're human. Like, Taking a breath is creative, right? You're creating life. And so it's, I don't know, it's, those, you know, you have those moments where it's life's worth living, like this is it. And they always seemed around the time of um, these moments of like people seeing what they could do. Um, and so the, the coaching just came from, it would be fun to be able to take this outside of just writing. And, you know, I lost my job in my, in that, the great recession. And that's always a great time to go back to school and learn something new. So I feel like what I have put into my coaching is the writing and the creative, you know, bringing out of people what they don't know is there. And then a lot of what I've learned just over time in life and, the wonderful thing about being a coach is you do enter this world of 
sort of new forms of study, right? And then other colleagues um, sending you on these cool explorations of philosophy or spirituality or learning, understanding the human condition. And so I came across the three principles and then from there, some non-duality, which is all connected. And um, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to remember where we started, but, um, but anyway, some- it's all just, it's fun bringing the creative and writing, the coaching, and then I also have very active sort of athletic life. And so bringing that in there too. How do you bring that in? That's so interesting. Well, I find that there's a lot that I understand about my human experience that I sometimes experience more clearly and undiluted with thought in my physical world. Like I can see, for example, I swim and I'm going to call myself a serious swimmer, which sounds unfun because it is fun, but I swim with the master's group. And so my swimming is one where I'm sort of often pushing myself beyond my comfort zone. Um, And there are often times when, I mean, like in any physical sport where you push yourself, like I run also, but I'm often not pushing myself past the comfort zone. But where I often like, I have thoughts that I can't do this, or I don't want to do this, or sometimes I'm driving to swimming. Another thing that's hard about swimming is that it can be very early in the morning. And so I get to experience what it's like to have a lot of thought, especially around not wanting to do or, or not being able to do. And then seeing how that, how untrue those thoughts are because I'm doing it anyway. And I think that's sort of exciting about human nature, right? Like we wake up in the morning, I don't want to go to work and I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And yet we do it anyway. So we're always both disproving the untruth and proving what is more real, right? Like our energy is at work, despite what we think of, what we're thinking of. <laughs> so. It's so true. I, I could, I could see that like getting in cold in the morning, like I don't want to get in the pool. I don't want to get in the pool. And then you're in the pool. Oh, and then it's great. Boom. And I mean, I have still, I've been swimming for almost 20 years. I'm still sometimes on my way to swimming and thinking, like I'm almost at the pool and thinking I'm going to go home. And that habit of thought, you'd think by now it would have gone away. It's Mm. crazy, but it still delivers the same surprise. It's funny. I got a black belt in um, Aikido and for 13 years, I went up to the dojo and I would bring my children my babies, when they're, you know, they started as my daughter started with me when I was two or two months or three months. And I had that same thing. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I'd find myself there. Yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, I'll add something else to the athletic story is um, with, with COVID during COVID our swimming stopped for a while. And then it started up the you know, the September after the first March. And so just because we could only have a few people in the pool and all the COVID restrictions, instead of normally we hire and pay for a coach, but because we couldn't fill the pool with as many swimmers, um, we took turns coaching. The swimmers did, swimmers who wanted to. And I had always thought 
I don't know how to write a workout. Nope, I don't. I know, I know what makes a good workout when I swim at, but I just don't understand how to write one. And I just decided like that, well, I'm going to coach and I'm going to learn how to do this. Uh, oh, wow. So it was really fun. And so that has been something new. And in the beginning, I sometimes likened, I used to write a lot of poetry, like writing poetry. And it's sort of fun to, like, I made a decision to learn and I'm doing it. But also what, you know, so once I got past the, like I'd be up at night, you know, writing work, workouts. My husband, who's also a swimmer, would laugh because he just shows up and sees who's swimming and gets a sense of what they like and just like writes a workout. And I could do that like if I walked into a group and we were doing writing exercises or talking about writing, um, but not, but I didn't feel like I could do it in swimming. It's changed. It hasn't been like I'm up for hours writing it, which I also enjoyed um, looking at patterns. But now I find that when I go, I have fun, like I've turned it into a, in my own way, like a bit of a coaching experience too, like a swimming coaching and a human coaching experience. For example, as swimmers, you know, we're often thinking about like having our stroke, our technique, like what do I need to do to preserve my shoulder, to swim faster, to look beautiful? And so it's often about like, my stroke looks like this. How can I be more beautiful, my beautiful, my fast, my better stroke? And so one day I, I said, now I want you to swim this section beautifully. Now don't think of the beauty as coming from you, but think of the inherent beauty of the stroke. Like the freestyle stroke is already a beautiful stroke and you're just going to swim into it. It's waiting for you. So I've had fun with things like that, but also I have fun pushing the group in a way where they get out, they have a little exhilaration about what they've done. So I usually coach on Monday. So it's the first day of the week. You, you know, you want to pace yourself. You don't want to leave it all in the pool on Monday, but also if people haven't been swimming over the weekend, it's a little, little waking up, right? Like what's the perfect ingredient? You know, you want to turn on the shoulders and turn on the legs and say hello to the strokes and get in there and get your groove and just have something in there where even if, they, if there's a resistance, uh, they do it in there. They, there's a sense of, oh, oh, and, and I'll say and all day long, you can look back at the swim and say, oh, look what I did. And that I'm having fun bringing into coaching a little bit more. It, it seems to me. Like you're just, um, I can feel it. It's like you can feel people's limiting and, and you're letting them fall beyond it. I love your wording. One could say pushing and other, another way of saying letting people fall beyond it. That's beautiful. But that's what it seems like. Mm -hmm. It is to see that there's this, it, it feels like um, what I felt is that there's like this fence and there's this beautiful pasture beyond it that they get to fall into mm -hmm. once, they, once they move past it. Like I love feeling the stroke, like this beautiful stroke that they get to 
fall in through, like they get to fill it out. Yeah, yeah. And their bodies they fill it out. God, that just feels so good. <laughs> Makes me want to go back and swim <laughs> under you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's been a fun surprise. It seems to me I'm so curious about the writing and the swimming and how they're the same. What you're doing with people. Hmm. Let me think about that. Writing and swimming. Well, in some ways, I'm going to make a generalization here because there are plenty of people who swim on their own. But it's to be, to, to challenge yourself as a swimmer, it takes an extraordinary person to do it on his or her or their own. So to be in a group, to be with someone else, sometimes I don't swim with the master's group, I have some other friends I'll swim with. If I swim on my own, which is very rare, I barely get my heart rate up. And that's okay too, that's a different experience. But I find that in swimming, Swimming with other people helps me become the type of swimmer I would not be on my own. Hmm. Um, and actually now what I'm doing is I'm comparing it more to coaching. And I do a lot of writing coaching. Um, and I think coaching is the same thing. You know, it, have it being, whether it's with an individual or in a group, I find I could only really speak for myself. That experience helps me do things, achieve things that I wouldn't otherwise on my own. And mm. There's just something about having someone in your corner. Um, and I, you know, I feel that with writing. Um, you know, I, I coach people in these areas and I also am coached, you know, it's, um, and I have writing, you know, I've had writing groups. It's, It's more fun and it just seems more, there's more flourishing and more generative activity happening in, in community or with, or with someone else. Well, you know, it's really funny. What I just felt, um, Tatiana, was that the, again, that, that thing about falling beyond your thinking like when I'm by myself, unless I'm really skilled, like I really can see it. I'm so used to just my walls of thought. They seem so normal to me. But what you're what you seem to be offering people is the the gates that go beyond it. Mm. Yeah. And what a gift, because there was something, when you said it so took me, you said um, breathing is creative. Like it just seems so normal to you to see creativity. 
Like it's just, it's like this mundane, miraculous thing all at the same time. And you seem to see it at everybody. Well, what a, what a shame that people would think that they weren't creative. You know that, and I, I understand that, you know, people are differently creative and we hold it up, you know, creativities and musicians and artists and sculptors and painters. And yet, what if everyone thought, saw themselves as creative? Um, I, um, you know, who's to say, that, you know, why isn't being an accountant creative? Yes. Um, why is, I mean, it is being creative, right? It's, well, you can, you can be as basic as saying someone's creating an Excel sheet. I don't really know what accountants work in and I'm probably dating myself with software, but, um, you know, you're, you're using your mind and, and you are creating something, you know, we're always creating something. Uh, I, I just want to offer you what you're seeing is freeing. Tell me more. Tell us more. <laughs> well, what I'm feeling from you is that seeing that it's like I soften it's like the parameters of my life, my, my field got bigger, so much bigger than I have any idea. I mean, that's what I think you're seeing. That's what I've made up that you see. Yeah. That it's so much bigger than we have any idea. So um, I'll tell you a little swimming and writing story. Many years ago, one group I swam with, who was that? We were all reading a book together and someone asked me what I thought about it and anyway and there were two men in their 50s and they read a lot of science fiction and one of them said oh I can't write which I love hearing I love it when people say they can't write because first off they literally can write you can write you you know you can hold a pen and you probably send emails half your day and then I found out why one person thought he couldn't write because a teacher when he was a little boy told him he couldn't write because he had bad oh no he was a bad speller hmm. another one might have been as ludicrous as bad penmanship but anyway so these two men in their 50s agreed they said yeah I can't spell I'm like who cares I said I can't I'm not a good speller what but you're a writer I'm like I'm a writer I'm not a speller <laughs> like oh, wow. whoever says that they're connected <laughs> Um, and you just saw them go, what? Uh, and so then I, the next week we all went on a bike ride. We swam, we did, you know, it was like sports camp. Um, we were going on a bike ride and I brought the very beginning of a science, like I'd written the science fiction short story and I brought the first few lines and I, I don't, I don't know what I was up to, but I was doing a lot of writing workshops then. And so we went off to do our bike ride in two different cars. And I didn't know that the one car with, with the men, the 50-year-olds who didn't think they were good riders, um, they kept reading. It was just like a little paragraph about an underwater train to Australia. And when we arrived at the biking place, it had, they ha it had landed in them and they were talking about it. So from that, I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. Every Wednesday after swimming, we're going to go to Starbucks and we're going to write. 
And one of the men said, oh, I'm sort of scared. I said, yeah, I get it. It is like, there is a little fear of not knowing where you're going to go, but don't worry. You just bring your notebooks and your pens. I'm going to, I'm going to give you everything you need to, to write. And all you have to do is this. That's all you have oh to do. God. So for people who, you're, because we won't see the video, you just said, oh. all you have to do is move your hand. Yes. Move your pen over your paper. This is about 15 years ago. So maybe when we all weren't going around with laptops or uh, tablets. And so I did, I, I might've gotten about 10 people and we went over there and we started with this underwater train to Australia. And I'd bring things like little prompts or pictures and get people started and say, just keep going, just keep going. And it was really fun. You know, one of the men gave his story to his wife for Christmas. <laughs> and, you know, it was fun watching people delight and surprise themselves all the time. I haven't really do, thought about that story for a while, but there's a literal story of swimming and writing. I see. I knew there was a strong connection. <laughs> it's the same thing. the The question I have is: It feels like the soul no, soul is designed to write. You know, maybe it's just designed to express to. Yeah express its its uniqueness oh. in the wholeness it's all of us right that's so maybe you know we look up in the sky and there's a constellation of stars and they're all doing their little twinkling um because i think for someone you know sometimes i'm all for coaching someone who says you know i really want to write and i'm just not doing it and I think coming to an answer that, you know what, I really don't want to write mm -hmm. is, is a great place to land. You know, sometimes there are these things we think we should do and that there might be another way that a person wants to express themselves. It could be, you know, I really want to draw mm. comics or illustrate, or I don't know, I got this idea a long time ago that I should be writing because, you know, every people want to tell their story in some way. Like I'm surprised years ago, I would meet people and they said, oh, I've always wanted to write. And I would think, maybe I was in grad school at the time. I got an MFA in creative writing. And I've always, my relationship with writing is really pleasurable. I love it. But there have been times, especially as a freelance writer, when I, at times it did feel hard. Um, just, you know, here I am, you know, writing on deadline and coming up with something and, even though as I talk about it now, I think that's so exciting. And, you know, for some people, it's just not their thing. And so, and so when I would hear people, oh, I've wanted to write, I'd be like, why? <laughs> if you're happy not doing it, why would you do it? But they're speaking to something else, right? I want to, I want to, I want to come alive through an idea that gets manifested into form. I just don't know what it is yet. And you know, writing's an easy step, right? Because we all, most of us write. Well, you said something, and I felt the reverberation of the truth, is that souls want to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And it comes in so many different ways. But there's such a beauty in it. Yeah. 
you know, whether it's through fashion or food or, or Excel spreadsheets or it's an expression. Yeah. And a unique one. Yeah. You know, I'd like people to consider if they say I'm not a good writer, I just like them to consider that it's not true. I mean, they can write, it could be immaterial whether a good one or not, and who's to say? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the million dollar question. Yeah. I, it just seems um, what you're doing is taking the burdens and the shackles off people. Mm. Yeah, I hope to. And to free their soul just to express fully. Yeah. I have a story I like of, um, of, of a friend who was telling me, God, I spent 25 minutes on an email. This is an email, I think, you know, not a social email. It was a professional email and it was probably, you know, to a prospect or, but, you know, it's like a business email, right? This could make or break, um, this, this could be enrolling a client. And so she said, Sometimes I get so mad at myself, I spent 25 minutes on an email. I said to her, that's all? <laughs> and she said that changed everything for her. <laughs> because of the idea of like, why do we think an email is only worth five minutes when if it was an enrollment conversation and we had spent two hours, we probably would, wouldn't have blinked. It, there's something you just said that um, I'm fascinated by. It's like you see something about our thinking or the limits of it. When you say, oh, is that all? There was something you see in that moment. Well, I think what I saw was that 25 minutes was not a lot of time to spend on writing an email. But there's something you see beyond that, mm. before that. Like that falls into a bigger thing that you see. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I could answer, but I might be making stuff up at this point. I mean, we have an interesting relationship with time, right? Yeah. You know, that. Yeah, something in there. But, you know, and I'm, and I, I catch it in myself. You know, I'm aware of my ping pong in between having not enough time and Okay, let, let me give you an example. I, this cracks me up. It sort of, it delights me in a way, in a way. Uh, it's, it's, it can be problematic, but you know, people are like, can you believe how fast time's going? Where is time going? Oh, it's so fast. I can't believe how fast the month went. And I find that sometimes too, but I think, where does that come from? Like time is moving the way it always moves. Are we like comparing it to some parallel imagined life of how time really should be moving? 
like what where is it coming from this oh god time's going so quickly and i don't mean it like an insult but i find it curious especially when i'm in a conversation i hear someone say this year went so quickly and i really want to say well how quickly or slowly did you want it to go and how would you have known if it was going at the right pace you know it's interesting what i feel in you and i don't know whether this resonates or not is that you know the truth of about our souls being eternal hmm. like there's something in the background like when we're eternal what's time well, I would like to be grounded in that. I certainly have, a, you know, life and death has certainly been on my mind for most of my life. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's what, you know, what a, what a lovely statement to apply to this me um it could be that i'm more exploring it than really i mean grant we, we have our wisdom right our wisdom intelligence that perhaps does know all um so it could be that i'm still groping in the dark for it but but if if we understood that we're eternal spending 25 minutes on anything for an email it's like yeah of course <laughs> like what's the big deal i used to feel that way about writing especially since i wrote you know i, I did a lot of um you know i used to work on on websites content for websites when the world wide web came into being which is very exciting you know i started that work in the mid 90s so then it moved into like content strategy and marketing and my last job, we actually, you know, would set timers for the work we would do because it was a project management software company. And so I was always aware of, I wasn't always aware, but I was aware of the fact that my work was being measured in time. And I was also aware that I was fudging and lying and not always measuring it. Um, almost like, don't put baby in a corner. <laughs> Yeah. Don't tie me down. Oh, no. Uh, but also because the self, the ego, was embarrassed to be seen for how long it took me to do something. And um, so I was having my own. It took me 25 minutes to write this email. And also, as a, when you're one of the few writers in a group, I know that in a company, rather than, you know, we have a writing team and everyone has a sense of the writing process, the people expect things to be turned around. Or that's how I saw it. And uh, I'm going somewhere with this and I've lost my train of thought, which happens these days. Um, oh, and then I went, then I left my job and I got back into my creative writing world. And I went to a retreat and there was a woman there who just was big and beautiful and booming in her presence and how she spoke about writing. And she said, you know, some days, I spend four hours working on one paragraph and God damn it, it's a beautiful paragraph. And so what she told me was, we can do it. 
like she green lighted it like oh yeah and so now i mean there are times where i'll work on you know it's taken away the the judgment of oh i'm spending so much time on this and like yeah. it's even given me the like how is how great is it that i've given like let's say for my book manuscript you know the opening paragraph is sort of a big deal right the opening page and i went back to rework it just to know that at some point you have to sort of get off the dime right because you'll never know it's at some point it has to be sort of good enough i have resolved this problem i have with my creative intelligence as much as I can for now and I have to move on but the I the idea of lavishing as much time and creative attention on something as it feels like it needs now it feels satisfying to me rather yeah. than like embarrassing it feels luxurious to me with that we're, we're at the end of our time <laughs> whoa fastest 30 minutes ever. Anna, where did the time go? I know. <laughs> but it was luxurious and I felt it. It was. Yeah. So where this will all be in the bio, et cetera, but where if people want to delight in you, where can they find you? My website is my website is everydaycreative.net. And so you can access me through there. And I've also started a new Substack. Substack is an, an email. Um, this is mine is free. I know there are subscriptions and it's Beauty Hunter. Mm. So yeah, look for Beauty Hunter on Substack. And I'm writing about beauty in daily life. Oh, beautiful. I have loved this conversation. I have too, Anna. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, You're welcome. Thank you for being on it. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay.